Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey, welcome back to the Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Justin Oswald underscore. Proceed with caution with me. As always. As always. <laughs> Almost always. Uh, hey guys, Brad Livingston here. And uh, so so uh, awesome to have you guys with us. And uh, you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Brad Livingston underscore. And um, yeah, proceed with a little bit of caution, but not as much as you need to with Justin. So uh, that's but, right. <laughs> that's right. So, no, we, uh, man, we're another week, another sermon, another follow up podcast. And we are so excited to have you guys with us today. And, and, uh, man, Sunday was a good day. Yeah. Um, and we had, uh, um, had an opportunity to kick off our new series, which was Thought Attacks. And, uh, shout out to John and the creative team for putting together such, uh, you know, the artwork and the stuff that he's putting on social media right now and the bumper video in and of itself. Uh, I've heard a lot of feedback on the video. If you guys haven't seen the video, you need, to go, to, yeah, you need to go to our Facebook page and check it out or, uh, you know, I think our, it's on our Vimeo channel and channel like uh, like all those things. You need to go check it out because it's really, really good. And uh, it communicates the message that the whole series is built around. You know, which is uh, that we all have these thought attacks, like we all have these things, these thoughts that plague our mind, and uh, and and so he really painted a, a really good picture with that. So we did a great job and uh, getting into our um, our first message for the series, man. And uh, it was it was really good. We it was surprising for some people, like you know, it was. Just, well, what was surprising that it was good? Well, well, <laughs> no, the, some of the things we did in the message, which I guess we'll get into in a oh. minute. Uh, it was I was like, man, people were surprised it was good. Yeah, they yeah, were surprised they were it was shocked. good. Yeah, you know, we don't usually uh, bring the heat or anything, so it was just no. kind of shocking. No, it was um, it was a good it was a good day. The response from the sermon has been great, um, and just hearing that it's hitting where people are at, which you know, we really spend a lot of time praying through these series, and a lot of people don't know, but you know, I take uh, I take about a week, two week. A week and a half to two weeks at the towards the end of every year, and kind of get away and and really pray about what the next year has, and we and then we spend some time laying out the whole year, you know, um, and so we really kind of hit on we we just pray like you know Lord, what is it that you want us to to preach about? What are the top? What are the arenas that your people need to be invested in, and 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 even lost people need to to hear um, that can help add to or accentuate or um, you know, be the, be the bait, you know, the gospel is always the hook, but what is the bait that would, that could help turn them, uh, towards the gospel to, for the Holy spirit to do a prompting. So we just kind of work our way through all that. And so thought attacks came up last year and loved it. I mean, I just couldn't wait for it. And so we put a lot of steam behind it and there's already a video going around on Facebook of a, of a clip from Sunday, yeah. um, which is, which is really, really good. So it's, people seem to be eating it up. It was an all-around good day. We launched our small groups and yeah, small group rally kicked a off. A lot, lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Yeah. So it's uh it's it was good, man. Great week and and we're working through Hurricane Gordon right now. Um, it's a uh, it's a mess outside, but we are doing all right inside. It is a mess. We made it to work. Made it in. Made it in. 
<clears throat> so, but let's get into what we got for today and and uh, really recapping the, like we said, the sermon from Sunday. And Sunday, the title of the message was The Mind Game. The Mind Game. And uh, so... What a game it is. <laughs> what a game it is. And so getting, <laughs> getting into The Mind Game. There's a lot of mind games being played on social media right now, Justin. Uh, <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> So there's a, there's a lot of mind games proceed, happening move on. On, on social media right now. Man, I um, wish we could talk about some of that. We should start another podcast to I talk about some of that. Yeah, that is in the someone. works. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so all that to say, man, we're, uh, we were pumped about the mind game. And um, we Romans 8, 1 through 6, and, and particularly 1 and 2, and then 5 and 6 is kind of a theme verse and a theme theme uh kind of perspective of what we're hoping to accomplish throughout the thought attack series um and it says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in christ jesus from the law of sin and death for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And so mm. really honing in on the idea that when we are, when our mind is set on on the spirit of God, when our mind is set on the Holy Spirit, when our lives are being driven by the Holy Spirit, when we're constantly looking to the Holy Spirit, when 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 he's really the, the driving force behind every aspect of our everyday life, there's life and peace. But the minute we start getting fixated on everything else, um, the minute we start getting fixated, even on our thoughts, like where we put our mind, um, the minute that our thoughts start to become more consumed with, um, you know, our failures or our frailties or what people have to say about us or what people think about us, um, then man, we, we really start aiming towards death and we want to be, we want to be consumed with life and peace. And, uh, the one thing we're hearing already is how much people have, how much that is resonating with people is like, man, I, I, if I can, I just need my thought life to bring life and peace. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, cause, <laughs> you know, most, I, I, I would assume most people, you know, that's what they struggle with. And it's negative thoughts, obviously is what we're talking about. Just right. Not good enough, whatever. Um, well, and I was thinking about this the other day, you know, you and I are, um, very self-aware people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we know our strengths. We also know our weaknesses. Like we're very self-aware people. But one of the things that I think you and I do a lot of that people undervalue, or maybe they don't see because we do it on our own time. Like we don't really necessarily talk about it a ton. We do talk about it to other leaders, but people may not see it is how much time, uh, and effort and energy and resources we put into, um, believing in ourselves and making ourselves the best that we can be. And, yeah. and I think some people think that that's just a thing that people have, you know what I mean? Well, you just, you just have that confidence. And it's like, well, no, no, no. Like we invest in that confidence yeah, t- t- and have for years. And the, you know, what, what, what bothers me the most of being a confident person and because it's not just something I think you wake up with. I think part of it, I think part of it comes from parenting and things like that and sure. instilling good, good self-esteem. I think a that. lack of confidence can do that. You know, I think we're all born with a level of confidence and circumstances bring that down. That's is the way good. I would see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good. 
you know, but what people don't understand is I what bothers me the most is when people like us are labeled as like negative, negative, like I hate words like cocky or arrogant. You know, it's like it's such a misrepresentation, you know, and, and I joke about it and I've said it on the podcast, like the only people who find me arrogant are insecure people, you know, and it's like it's hard to say that to someone, you know, but it, and, <laughs> yeah. but I get it. Like I totally get it. Like taking a step sure. back, I get it. But because you have insecurities and you project my confidence and now all of a sudden it's it it's it just makes you're just trying to make yourself feel better and comfortable in your insecurity and it's like um yeah i mean i invest in i invest in myself and always have even before i was a, a christian or in ministry i've always tried to invest in myself but um you know the the problem is i think people try to like they'll they'll focus they'll pick out their weaknesses and then focus on them right and then we'll read books or go online and try to make those weaknesses into strengths or make them better so you don't have them and i just don't work that way like it you're you we have weaknesses you need to be aware of them you know what they are but then you need to figure out what your strengths are and then do those right, and right, then right. do those things like go all in right on your strengths on your strengths on what you yeah on well, what you're good at and and you know don't be consumed with the things that you're bad at you know, like you know what you're saying you know i think there's two sides to i think the other side of that too is i think that there are people out there who appear to be confident and self-aware and what they actually are is pessimists who are convinced like well they're pessimistic people like well arrogance is a real thing sure and cockiness is a real thing right you know just because someone's confident in their self i don't think makes them arrogant uh, I think that sometimes you come across that, like I would you oh, be careful. Uh, <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes that's overcompensation for for other things, for insecurities, know? for insecurities, right? right. So, uh, like those are real things. Um, it's just not everyone who's confident in themselves is doing that. Right, right, right. right. So I see. That's why I see. I see a few different. I, I see different types of people in that. So there are, are people like you and I who are well aware that we have shortcomings. Oh, we're yeah. well Ton, aware that tons we have. Of them failures and areas of our life that we're not good at and many of those areas we don't care to be great at like no like that's not a strength of mine like you've talked about it before like sports isn't your thing like being an athlete isn't your thing and you don't care i don't care to change that because no matter what i do i can go to the gym like at the end of the day i'm still gonna run slower than everyone like i'm still so (laughs) you're still five nine or i'm five seven and people argue that like no way you're five seven so i'm five six to seven (laughs) Uh, I, I guess in that range. So, yeah, at the end of the day, like I can go practice basketball. I'm still not going to walk out on the court and be good. So, I, I, I just don't care. Like, okay. Ashley says everyone under six foot adds the halves to their inches. Like I'm five foot six and a half. You know? Yeah, I don't do that. Whatever. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm small. But, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. Even if I loved sports, which I probably don't love sports because I was never good at it. Sure, if I was good at it, I'd sense. probably like it more. Right. You know, so it's I, I like watching basketball. I like watching football. But right, right, right. Uh, you know, it's just um, yeah, but I don't care. I, I, but and and I think there are plenty of people that are like, I don't care, and that's fine. Like, I it's fun to not care. Like, I don't love. I, I'm a basketball guy. I don't love football. I know that's like sacrilege like i know that's heresy and blasphemy in the south i i I enjoy football i'm not consumed by it you know i'm not going to roll tide or go gators my way into college football season like i'm not doing that especially roll tide well yeah and but what i (laughs) i enjoy watching it i played football when i was younger i like football you know what i mean i I like it i just i'm whatever like i don't i don't care that much about it but here's the thing is it's like 
you know, so many people, so many, so many people put their value like, and they're, so whenever they're going, yeah, I don't really care. I don't really care. It's like, well, they do care. They just don't want the people around them that they can't relate to, to know that they care. Well, here's what's funny is like, I know some people are really into football and, you know, research players and all that stuff. Here's the thing. Like last week I was online last week reading about Nick Saban. Right, like I, I, <laughs> right, right, right. I, I'm not an Alabama fan. One of the fan. greatest college I coaches I love ever. Nick Saban, not sure. because of his coaching, how he approaches coaching. Yeah, like the the mind game. Yeah. Hey, oh, <laughs> the mind game behind how he operates his right. his, his his. I say his team, his machine, and to someone that's in in leadership like me, like I I love that type of thing. Sure, you sure. know, he he has a. He has a an incredible way of just managing managing that, you know, and it's right. uh, I find that I admire that part, that sure. the way he's thought and how everything matters and how everything's important and right, right. even the what he calls the process and he teaches his players not to even look at the scoreboard, mm-hmm. like don't even pay attention to the score. It's all about you, the play. You play each play like it has a history and life of its own, and it's like. Yeah, something apply to that. that to some, everything. Yeah, else, there's, some, you know? there's something to so that. So it's just I I would rather I I get more I'm more interested in that, um because to me it's a strategy thing like anything that has to do with the mind and right, right, thinking right. Yeah, and strategy like I I like that kind of thing. Well, and that's what I say you know and that's what I say I mean so there are people like us that really pour into themselves you know we read up on leaders we invest we yeah. like we listen to you know you and I listen to what a dozen podcasts I, each week I get, I'm way behind too because I have too yeah. many now. But well, so yeah. yeah, well I mean and those are but yeah we have others that we listen to we have to, probably a dozen that we listen to consistently like every week we're just like yeah. constantly investing in ourselves. So I think there are people who invest in themselves and um who are are confident but not arrogant then i think there are people that are arrogant you know um and oftentimes arrogance is a is a mask for insecurity you know what i mean so it's just like they think they're the greatest thing ever and they don't want you to see all the areas in their life that they're not well well, what's funny about arrogance to me is like how sometimes it's celebrated and other times it's like demonized i'm put off by him yeah it's like when you know we're in Pensacola, so Roy Jones Jr. is from Pensacola. So back in his heyday, when he was fighting, like very arrogant, very arrogant, coming to the ring, and everyone's cheering. I mean, but he was people, the man. People love that, right, right, right. But let the pastor walk through and believe in himself. You know, people are like, "Oh God, he's gonna uh-huh. like, jeez, like really." You yeah. know, they don't mind the football player. It's just like, celebrating the end zone. Yeah, yeah. So it's come on. It's 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 a uh, hypocrisy. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And then there's like what I mentioned a few minutes ago, which there are people who who present themselves as confident, but th- what they really are is pessimistic. In other words, they're just like, well, I just don't care about anything. You know, like I'm just so confident in myself. And it's like, no, what they're actually doing is they're waiting for all the bad stuff to happen so that they can say, see, I knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I knew that was going to go wrong. I knew that was going to be bad. I knew that was going to happen. That's why I didn't do it. It's like, and so they, they, they come across as cross as confident or for some people arrogant and what they really are is just negative pessimistic people that are like if you look long enough you'll find the negative in something mm-hmm. like if you look if you keep digging you'll find how bad things can be you know it take it takes a true leader and i would say it takes someone really disciplined in 
in their relationship with Christ to look at every opportunity, just like you said with Nick Saban, to look at every opportunity as an individual opportunity within the grand scheme of life to say like, yeah, that may not be going my way. That may not be going my way. Yeah. Those people are saying that. And those people are saying that, but today in this moment, in this opportunity, in this chance to be promoted in this, you know, opportunity to, um, invest in myself or invest in my family. Like I'm going to take this as its own individual opportunity and I'm not going to let all the other crap that's going on around me change this opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something to, you know, there's something to that. Yeah. And then, and you, and then in the church world, sometimes is you have people that will uh, use God as an excuse to be lazy or to huh. to not do anything or to not use their, and I say like to not use their gifts, like, you know, one time uh, back in the years ago with a ministry that we did, um, this guy told me uh, no one was doing what they were supposed to. And I was kind of getting, you know, I was like, come on, guys. Frazzled. You know, you know. Um, the guy told me is um, like, just, just trust God. Like, like he was like, he did the, he actually like said the, the cliche thing of like, let go and let God. And yeah. I was like, I about punched him. I was like, almost lost it. But it was like, you know. Yeah, I'm not letting go. I'm letting God, but I'm not letting yeah, go. But, the, but what I told him was regardless, like God's going to be God regardless if we do what we're supposed to do. Right. Like, are you implying that because we're using the gifts he gave us that we're not like God's God, like. He's God regardless. Right. You know, I exactly. Just, he was kind of using it as an excuse to not prepare. It wasn't even not do what he was supposed to. He was using it as an excuse to not prepare. And and that <sighs> was really aggravating me because like we, you know, one, we have we should have common sense. But then, you know, as Christians, we have giftings and, you know, spiritual gifts and all these things. But we should be God's God of order. We should prepare. We should be ready. And, you know, we're talking about ministering to people. We're not just talking about behind. Uh, we're talking about. Uh, you know, a word we're going to be worship and someone's going to be preaching and we're going to be praying for people like actually doing ministry. Are you suggesting that we should quench the spirit by preparing ahead of time a worship service or a sermon I think, or a prayer service? I think if anyone says that that is quenching the spirit, <laughs> they're delusional. Oh man, dude, you and I both, I grew up in it. It was kind of new for you. Yeah, I mean, well, we come out of the charismatic world, right? But in, you know, don't quench and, the spirit. And I, I'm Justin. not trying to bash, like, because I believe, like, I believe theological, in theological, I believe sure. in gifts of spirit and all that. There's a lot of delusion in the Pentecostal oh, churches, dear though. Like, my, yes. uh, you know, and it's, and, and that being said, just to be fair to everyone, there's a lot of delusion in Christianity. Okay. Yeah, so we'll yeah. just say that. Um, you know, it's, there's probably, if like if an atheist was listening, right, they'd probably say, all of it's delusional. <laughs> you know, like y'all are crazy, <laughs> which is fine. Like, whatever. Right. But no, but and no. And I think he's delusional. For, yeah. Yeah. yeah is, we're all so, delusional yeah. at something. So it's cool. Like, we're, it's, we're an equal opportunity offender on this podcast. Uh, so, <laughs> but no, it's like, there's a lot of delusion. Like, what do you mean? Because, like, we can't. Pre Does that mean the preacher doesn't prepare? Like, it, it's almost funny. Like, I've heard people say, like, the, the, the pastors or preachers that, like, prepare even a couple weeks out for their sermons, like, you don't allow the spirit to operate. It's like, okay, but where's the line? Yeah. Like, so he can prepare. Can he prepare on Saturday? Or does he need to do it on the way in? Like, <laughs> maybe during worship during, while like, he's around where, the people. Where's the line of quote unquote not preparing? Does so, he just walk up and start speaking? Yeah. And, yeah. and the, the spirit takes over his mouth? And, like, right, right, right. like, come like, Come what on. about like so? So God's not omniscient enough to give the pastor a sermon two weeks in advance, bro. I don't know what God y'all serve, but mine can give one uh, three years if He wants to. Right for this date, three years from now, preach that. Right, like 
He's God regardless. So yeah, I think there's a lot of delusion and there's just a lot of, it's just an excuse to be lazy. The pastor, if there's a preacher that says that, he just doesn't want to sit down and prepare. Right. He wants to sit in his prayer spot, his prayer closet. Right. And let something, you know. And I I would say nine times out of 10, when he's done preaching, he would say, thank God. But he, he, in his, in and of himself takes the glory on himself yeah, like, you know what even I mean? if he doesn't you know like i still think at the end of the day like if he someone steps up in a, in a pulpit to preach that you know god can still use that person sure. you know obviously we we don't we we don't not saying that god's not going to use them but um i just i think sometimes people try to use like the quote-unquote spirit to be lazy and i don't think that's what god wants for us i think he he's why, why have gifts right why is administration a spiritual gift <laughs> if we're not supposed to Right. Prepare and, prepare. and, you know, right. like God's a God of order, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, so yeah, yeah, no, I don't know how we got off on all that. Yeah. But was, I enjoy but, it. But it was, yeah, yeah I, it was really I love good. talking about Man, it. Man, I feel better. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. So yeah, I mean, we, uh, and, and it all so, kind of, so let me say this, I'm going to yeah. interrupt you. Go ahead. There's a little phrase. I think we all like, um, Pentecostals should tighten up and Baptists should loosen up. Hmm. let's the cell let's do that yeah and we can we can add presbyterians and yeah all that stuff what should know? catholics do straighten up uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh hey moving on all right moving so, on. <laughs> i'm sorry that was funny, all right, all right. i grew so, up catholic we can yeah, say that we can yeah exactly um so yeah so we we spent some time in the mind game and we were talking about you know confidence and and uh and so what we talked about on Sunday is the three positions that we find ourselves in, um, with, with what God is doing. Right. And so, or uh, in, in our thought life, we find ourselves in three positions. Wait, did you, are you skipping over the def- the, the trust stuff? No, no, no. That's what, oh, that's, okay. yeah, yeah. So we find ourselves in three positions and, and oh, in the three positions on Sunday, what Justin's saying is we used a chessboard um, in the game of chess and some some terminologies in the game of chess to bring clarity to to where i believe that the lord was trying to communicate that our thought life usually gets us into so our, our how our thought life presents itself um and the lies that come into our mind uh we find ourselves in in three positions two of them are kind of chess positions so we had a chess board out you know uh on stage and so we were talking about it, but the first one is stalemate. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's that definition there, Justin? That we stalemate put down? is a position counting as a draw in which a player is not in check but cannot move except into check. Right. And so if you're if you're if your player is in check, that means you've lost. Well, well, there's all right getting there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, so that's essential. So if you're if you're in if you're in check or if you've been checkmate, you know, like if you've been put in there the, the difference between check and check checkmate you can't get out of okay. you can get out once you're in check there you can get out of check but you just gotta be very strict right yeah. so if you're in checkmate there's no move you can get to get out of it check means you're at risk of losing but there is a move you can make to get out of check gotcha so there, that's the difference between check and checkmate right. but stalemate is talking about you're not in check yet but the only move you have is into check right which, Which means could be, yeah, and then yeah. in checkmate, maybe. Yeah, and so what we talked about is that, like, because because our thought life and because the the way that we process our thinking, and and honestly, the way that we even think about ourselves, like the way that 
when we when we hear our own voices, when the things that we tell ourselves or the things that we hear from the people around us. And I would even say the things that we hear that aren't being said. I have a common phrase with my wife, especially early when we got married. We don't really do it anymore because like we've worked through this, but um, because I'm such an analyzer, we would come to a point in a conversation and I would say something. And if it ever hit on an insecurity for her, she would, she would not really lash out, but I would see her get really frustrated with me. And I would always come back to me and say, why are you so frustrated? Like I didn't even, she's like, you would, you said this, this, and this. And I'm like, I didn't say that. That's what you heard, but that's not what I said. And I think like, man, there's a lot of us that, that that's the way our thoughts work with the people around us. And so somebody says like, you know, Hey, you look really good today. And what we heard is you never really look good, but at least you do today. Oh God, I hate that. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, well, I didn't look good yesterday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, all I'm saying is you look good today. Like I didn't say anything about yesterday. Yeah. But you insinuate it's like, no, I didn't. And, but there's so many people that that's the way their thought life works. Like their thought life works like, well, oh, what they must mean is, and I, t- I used to tell Ashley Thomas that I will tell you exactly what I mean. And if I didn't say that, that's not what I meant. And if I did say it, that is what I meant. The whole, I say what I mean, I mean what I say. hundred percent. But how many people, because of insecurities or because of things that have happened in our life, because we lack identity in God, because of, you know, just all the lies that we believe about ourselves, anxiety, fear, because of all of these things, either we either people's words directly hurt us or people's words indirectly hurt us because we turn them into something that they never were. Mm-hmm. And then there's our own thoughts against ourselves, you know, which is that I'm, I, you know, I'm ugly or I'm not pretty or I'm not smart or I could never do that or I can never do this or I can never become that. I can never join that small group. Mm-hmm. They're all going to hate me. I'm never going to fit in, you know, whatever. Man, I, I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time that people, I know that's most people, I just, right. you know, it's like, it's like, even the first one, I know this may be stupid, but when you said like, I'm, I'm ugly, like people think like I'm ugly. The thing is like, I'm not th- that great of a good looking, like a good looking dude. You're not jumping off a magazine today. I'm not. Neither am I. Right. 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 But I know I've seen people uglier than me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, like, right. you got to have at least confidence in that. Like, I'm not the ugliest person I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> right? Does that not like. I've seen uglier people married. Like, you know, so, and, and I'm going to use women. Like, women, that's uh, terrible. Uh, women think they're like, I'm fat, but like, surely you've seen someone fatter. <laughs> like, you know, like take a little confidence in that. We you are know? an equal opportunity offender. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Though? But I, it's no, like, I do. So it's like, I, do. I, I almost maybe view it the opposite. Like, well, I, it, I get dressed and I'm like, look, I'm like, man, I wish I was a better looking dude. But like, I'm not the ugly. I'm not the ugliest well, person like that I've seen today. So that's yeah. funny because the last point on what we're going to deal with that kind of fits into what you're talking about. So we'll kind of, we'll oh, kind yeah, of get you're into right, that. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah. <laughs> so, but <laughs> most of us, so he, the, the way that our thoughts work and in, in, in talking about stalemate is either people are talking, the way people talk to us is in a constant degrading manner or people talk to us and it's not, but we receive it in a degrading manner or the way we talk to ourselves is in a degrading manner. All three of those shatter our identity and they completely build in us this idea of failure, inadequacy, lack of value. Um, and because of that, we find ourselves trying to do four things in the world of stalemate. So when we're stalemated, 
we find ourselves trying to do four things. Uh, and the first one, what do you got there, Justin? You, you try to earn our spot to belong. That's right. We try to earn our spot to belong. And we were specifically talking about with the Lord. So this is kind of a salvation-based point where it's like because of the because of the thoughts in our head, because of the way we receive other people's words against us, because of all of those things, we find ourselves trying to earn our spot with God. So we have to we got to hit all the check boxes to all the religious check boxes like man, I have to read my Bible today. I have to pray today. I got to I have to make sure that I didn't say a cuss word today. I have to make and and we're trying to earn this spot to belong um, because if we can earn it once I win the game, if I win the mind game, if I, if I get out of stalemate and I can become victorious, then I've now I have deserve to be saved. Like if I can, if I can beat the enemy at the game that's being played in my mind, then I deserve to be saved or sustained or strengthened or encouraged. Many of us know we're saved, but we don't think we deserve to be sustained through our problems because we're so jacked up. And it's like, well, that's not anywhere in the Bible. Like, if anything, God was abundantly clear that he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Mm. So, like, why do we think of our, we're trying to become qualified. And it's like, no, that's, that's not the way that that works. And so we, we gave some scripture references to talk, to even talk about how God sees this for us. Ephesians 2 Eight and nine says, uh, "What do you it's got, Justin?" A, it says, "For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing; it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast." Yeah, so yeah, like, that's pretty pretty serious. Like we, yeah, that, that's a good scripture. So even if you could earn it, he's saying that I'm not going to let you put yourself in a position to to be able to earn it because if you could earn it, then you would boast about earning it, and then you would be failing in your boastfulness. So the, you would disqualify yourself from based that, on self righteousness, you have earned. right? Yeah. Exactly. So, so it's gonna, you're going to be paradoxical. In a, yeah, you're going to be in a constant state of not earning it or deserving it, because if you could earn it, then you then you would in and of yourself qualify yourself, and but God has to qualify. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we have to we find ourselves in that position. Then Romans three. Uh, 27 through 28. Yeah, can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Right. So it's not about hitting the check boxes. It's not about doing all the right things. It's not about church attendance, even though it's important. It's not about reading your Bible every day, even though it's important. It's not. It's your approval by God. Earning your spot does not come at anything you do. It is 100% hinged on what Jesus did on the cross. Like there is nothing you can do to be good enough to earn what Jesus freely gives you. You know, the Bible says that it's a free gift. Like, so there's nothing, there's no, you can't earn this. You know, he, he like, he distributes it. So mm. like that there's, that's all there is to what, to what we're talking about. And the idea here mm. is, uh, is, you know, even we talked about like, um, babies walking, you know, and I kind of use a, a reference from Matt Chandler, um, where he talks about like when a baby's walking, like when a baby's first learning how to walk, because as Christians, when we first get saved, we're first learning, we're learning how to walk again in a sense of spiritually, like the way we're supposed to carry ourselves and yeah. blah, 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 blah. And so we talked about like how the baby, when a baby walks, he takes one, two, three steps, but then he falls. 
And, but no one freaks out and calls the baby a moron because he fell after three steps. Like he, they're celebrating the fact that he took three steps that he couldn't take yesterday. And as believers, it's this, God does the same thing with us. We think that as soon as someone gets saved, they should be able to run a marathon. And it's like, they just started walking like, no, 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 take three steps, you know, and celebrate those three steps. And tomorrow it'll be five and the next day it'll be 10. And a year from now, you'll be running a spiritual marathon, but we don't freak out when new believers only take three steps. You know, so we find ourselves in the constant position. So we try to earn our spot to belong. Then number two, we try to prove that we belong. We try to prove that we belong. And in trying to prove that we belong, um, that's more about people. So we try to earn our spot with God. We try to prove our spot with people. Right. And so we have to prove that we're worthy. Uh, I have to, I have to keep playing the game. And, and every time we make a move, like, you know, like we, we start celebrating the wrong victories when we when we're trying to prove yeah. that we belong so because we're trying to prove that we belong because we're trying to prove that we're in the right position with god we're trying to prove our christianity trying to prove our faith trying to prove our, what a, because we're trying to do all those things like we find ourselves in this place of trying to show everyone else around us what we kind of don't even believe for ourselves because we're still trying to earn it with god we're trying to prove it to people but we don't even believe that we've earned it with god yet so trying to prove it with people doesn't work so right. now we're in this again paradox like <laughs> You know, we're in this constant state of never feeling worthy or good enough because we're trying to earn it and prove it at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, and especially when we reference the stalemate, because what what inevitably ends up happening to us is we find ourselves in a position where we're not even trying to win the game anymore. We're just trying not to lose it. Like it's, it's not about defeating the enemy for us. It's just a matter of trying to fight off the lies of the enemy long enough that we just keep not losing rather it's than like, winning. It's like all defense. Yeah. Yeah. How exhausting is that? Like you watch it. If you watch a sports team and all your team ever does is play defense, but they never get to play offense. Like, you know, the team's never going to win if all they're ever doing is playing defense. Like, and, yeah. and that's how we are in life. Like we're never going to win. And what we're in, in, in our relationship with God, we're never going to win with Christianity. We're never going to win in our faith. We're never going to win in our family. If all we're ever doing is just trying to fight off things, but we're never proactively pursuing the person that God wants us to be. And the thing is, if the enemy can convince us that we have something to prove, we'll always have something to lose. Mm-hmm. Like we have to fight. We have, we have to fight with the, with the, with the idea in mind that we can't lose the we we're, we're not losing what God is doing in our life. Like we're we're not letting go of this thing, so we can fight the enemy, knowing that God is. If God's on our side, the victory is already His. Yeah. So, um, which we'll kind of get into in a second. But Titus three five. Titus three five. He saved us not by the righteous deeds we had done, but according to His mercy through the washing of new birth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and then so we not by the righteous deeds we've done. You know, he saved us, not by the righteous deeds he's done. And so what do we have to prove to everyone else if it's not by the righteous deeds we've done? Like, you know what I mean? It's Second yep. Timothy one nine says, God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, which would suggest that God knew what he was doing all along, that where you are, where you're positioned in life, where you're positioned in your faith um, is all set up by God to provide exactly what he's aiming to accomplish in your life. Yeah. And so because of that, you don't have anything to prove. 
So you don't have anything to earn with God because it's a free gift. So we can stop trying to earn it. You know, I had, I, I'm, this is going to come up in a sermon soon, but I'm going to go ahead and insert it here. I was thinking the other day when I was driving, could you imagine, have you, first of all, maybe any of you listeners out there in podcast land, and I'm going to ask Justin, Justin, have you ever had someone tell you they couldn't come back to church or they couldn't come back to God because what they did was just too bad. Like their sin was just too, like it's too much. Yeah. Can you imagine the audacity it takes to suggest that you in your finite wisdom and limited knowledge and life only having such a limited lifespan on this earth can you imagine how audacious it must sound to god to assume that your sin is more costly than the price he paid yeah like that takes a little bit of boldness. Like, I just can't, there's no way he could forgive me, really. So your sin is more valuable than the price he paid. Wow. Mr. No one has never heard of and whatever you did, it's already been done a hundred times by other people. Like, you know, we, we think that we're, our the, sin is so unique. And the, the thing is, is you, you said people come back to God or back to church. These aren't people that maybe don't believe. You know they believe they believe God. Sure. It, they believe of God. They, they may believe Jesus exists. They just are convinced that yeah, I just, he, I just, he can't save them. What I've done is just too bad. Or people that think they can outsin grace. It's like, man, are you kidding? You know, like audacious. Like talk about you know going back to arrogance. Like you know how arrogant it sounds to say that Jesus, mm-hmm. God who became flesh, and went to a cross to pay the price for the sins, like. For all of that, but you think that you, here in Pensacola, Florida, you know, driving your pickup truck, you think you've just done too bad for him to forgive. like Or your, or your smart car. Or your smart car. Whatever. Totally could be that person. Yeah. So, like, you think that you're, ch- like, come on, man. Get, get over yourself. And these ain't people that have, like killed and raped and molested these are people like right, right, right. i drank a lot or you know yeah. diminished sin but you know what i'm saying like oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's obviously people that have sinned worse yeah but and, and i think that's my point though it's like well i sin worse in, yeah, in yeah, people's yeah, perspective yeah. but even even still like you could take the like the person that has raped or has murdered and jesus radically transformed their life they go man i just there's just no way god can forgive me it's like really really like 2,000 years ago, the greatest miracle in the history of miracles was performed when atonement for the many was paid by the few or the one. And you think that you're so special that God can't forgive you. He can forgive everybody else that he that's uh, that he's atoned for. And I'm like, he, we're good in all those arenas, but no, you're right. Not you. You just won too many times you looked at that pornography or won too many times you said that cuss word or one's like, Get out of here. Like, man, that's audacious. I was just thinking about this week. I was like, wow. That's how? like people have a hard time with, uh, you know, Ted Bundy. Right, 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 right. Ted Bundy supposedly, you know, asked for mm-hmm. forgiveness. And there was a pastor that ministered to him in prison after he killed all those people, you know. And he right. he gave his gave his heart to the Lord before he died. You know, we have a hard time with that. Like, yeah. he killed a lot of people. He did a lot of gruesome, weird, sick stuff. Right. But and we it, compare. We we compare our sin to him. Like that's oh, what that's what we do. Like, we're getting there. God, we're getting there. God, look at me, you know, like Right, right, right. All right, number 3, yeah. cuz that's where we're headed. You know, number 3, 
we tried to fit in where we belong. So have you, Justin, I, have you ever, do you know anyone that tries to fit in where they already belong? Like they're already part of the friendship circle, but they still try to go out of their way to fit into the group that they're already a part of. Oh, don't I? <laughs> and so, man, like there's so many that try to, they, like we try to fit in. Like man, the, It's the one uppers. It is the one uppers. Yeah, like yeah, absolutely. And we all have friends like that. It's the one uppers. Yeah, you 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 can't. They can't celebrate your story, whatever happened, because they're always one better. They got to have one better because they got to feel like they belong. That's right. Like and and with God, we don't have to try to fit in where we already belong. And so many times in our minds, guys, so many times the lies come against us and they say, you don't fit in. You don't belong. You can't join that small group. You're going to be the only one in it that's jacked up. You're going to be the only one in it that's messed up. You're going to be the only one in it that sins. You're going to be the only one in it that doesn't read your Bible like you're supposed to. You're going to be the only one. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like you belong and you're not the only one. I promise you're not the only one. You know, and so for us, it's like, bro, we have got to see that we don't have to try to fit in where we belong. Matter of fact, First Timothy one fifteen says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. And it's like, listen, you out there in podcast land that feel like you're so jacked up that there's no way you could do whatever. I'm telling you right now, as the lead pastor of Transformation Church, Christ came into this world to save sinners of whom I'm the worst. Like we're all the worst of the sinners that are out there, like you're, you, we're all there. We all desperately need grace. We're in our all life. the worst, and yet we're all his favorite. Yeah, it's one of those. That's a good. That's good. Absolutely. So we find ourselves in that position, and you know, I, I, yeah, I, we kind of find ourselves in that position. Where I'm just constantly like, man, how do we continue to to try to fit? Like, man, God has already made a way. So then, number four. Uh, we try to we try to blend in where we don't belong we try to blend in where we don't belong and what we really talked about here uh, was kind of what we were talking about earlier which is because we have these thought attacks because we're believing these lies that we're not good enough we're not pretty enough we're not holy enough we're not saved enough if that's a thing Um, we're not Christian enough we're not spiritual enough we don't read our Bible enough um, you know, it, what, whatever it is, because we're not enough in so many arenas in life, what we end up trying to do is we try to blend in where we don't belong. And so what we do is we surround ourselves with people that are in our eyes less than us so that we feel better about being us. Right. So it's like, you know, kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier, I, I, for, you know, in this context, we're talking more like spiritually, but as you were talking about earlier, it's like, you know, you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm not the best looking dude in the world, but I know I'm not the worst, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, that's kind of a, a serious, funny thing that, but like, we got to do that. But how many of us do that spiritually? I'm not the best Christian in the world, or I'm not the best whatever in the world, but I know there are people that are worse than me. Like, I know I, I know I don't read my Bible like I should, but at least I do read it sometimes. Whereas so-and-so on my friend's list doesn't ever read it or, you or, know. Or, or going back and I said Ted Bundy a second ago and I meant Jeffrey Dahmer's who I was thinking of my head. Oh, okay. Not Ted Bundy. I don't know if he gave his life to the Lord. Jeffrey Dahmer supposedly had, but it's even that's like, okay, you know, yeah, I, you know, I cheated on my husband today, but at least I'm not Jeffrey Dahmer. Right, right. <laughs> right? No, you for know, real. but for yeah. real, it's like. You know, we always are trying to, the the problem is we, 
you know, like Jeffrey Dahmer or, or people that have created, that have done heinous things aren't the standard, you know, like God, God's the standard. Christ is the standard. Right. So it's like, you know, but that's what we do. It's like, you know, like, you know, God, I could have done a lot worse. And so, you right, know, it's right. like, I need grace here, you know, but it's like, it's the same grace that Jeffrey Dahmer needs that I need, you know, it's like, yeah. So, so we find ourselves doing a couple of things with that. I think one, we find ourselves doing just what we're talking about. We, we, we compare our sins to other people's sins. And so we boast ourselves up thinking that we're not as bad as some other people. And then I think the other thing that we do is we separate ourselves from who we, we separate ourselves from the people we feel like are better than us. Cause again, we're believing the lies on our head. So we're believing the lies that these people are better than us, but I'm better than these people. So we distance ourselves from the people that the enemy has convinced us that is better than us. So therefore we go and blend in with the people that we feel like we're better than because if I'm only ever surrounded by people that I feel like I'm better than, then I always feel better about being me. And it's like, well, that's not, that, that doesn't work either because inevitably what happens? We find ourselves depressed, full of anxiety, frustrated, feeling like we're going nowhere it's like, well, yeah, you surrounded yourself with a bunch of people that are going nowhere and you want to know why you feel like life is going nowhere. Yeah. Like, you know, but it's all because we're believing the lie. It goes, it's, it's the mind game. It's the thought attack. It's the thing that tells us you're not good enough. So we're stalemated. Again, going back to the whole idea of what we're talking about right now, we're stalemated because we're surrounded by people we feel like we're better than, but we'd never feel like we're good enough to be around the people we, we want to. So we find ourselves in a constant state of, of being stalemated. And thus... Here we are, right? So those are four things that we do, um, and we've got scripture for that. You know, Romans twelve two says, "Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed." But I think that scripture is important because how are we transformed? By the renewing of our mind. Again, yeah. mind game. Like yeah. we have to, we have to have our thoughts renewed. So, um, man. So we have the stalemate, which is kind of where we spent most of our time on Sunday. And then we have checkmate. And the reason I didn't spend a ton of time on checkmate, give us the definition of checkmate there, Justin. Yeah, checkmate is a position in which a player's king is threatened with capture and there is no way to remove the threat, therefore the game is lost. Yeah, so I, I the reason I didn't spend a ton of time on checkmate on Sunday was because I just gave this one this one picture, which is if you feel like you're in checkmate, then you're just playing with the wrong king. Like you don't have the... you you. You're playing with religion, but you're not playing with God. You're, like, you're, you're trying to build a relationship on church attendance and all and checking the religious boxes, but you're not actually, you don't actually have God on your side because God's always victorious. He'll always put us in a position to be victorious. So if we feel like we're in checkmate with the enemy, then we're just playing with the wrong king. You just got to change who you're playing with, you know? Um, and so the only way you can get caught by doing that is, uh, is by giving up the king who is the king of king, like giving up Jesus. So as long as we're playing with the right king, we're good. But then the third thing that we talked about, so we had stalemate, checkmate. But then I talked about the thing that I feel like more of us need to more of us need to do in our life. What is that, Justin? Not today. Not today. And we talked about how we need to we need to start hitting the enemy with that. Not today. You know what I mean? Like I I have people, and I, I we've talked about this before. Number one, it is ridiculous the number of phone calls we get from weird numbers and the number of emails that we get lately. Like just robo calls. Ju- just something. Something. And so 
you know, not but, today. But I hit them emails <laughs> with that phone and those phone calls with that decline. You know what I'm saying? Like not today. Not like I'm not dealing with that today. But I think that's what we need to do with these with the lies and the thoughts that plague our mind. Like, man, we need to hit them with that not today business. Like, no, not today. Nope. Not doing that today. Not getting me today. Not getting me today. Um, because man, we 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 constantly find ourselves in a in, in the in not today is a position in which a player is not fixing to play by the rules of a game that is already over, like. And and it's funny because I didn't even I didn't get to share this story um, on Sunday, and this story is the whole reason that this message came about. I put it at the end with the intention on sharing, but we ran over time, so I just didn't share it. Um, did you ever used to watch Smart Guy? Smart Guy on uh, was it Nickelodeon or Disney Channel? I don't, I don't think so. With a little the little kid who was like a genius, he had a brother who was like real dumb. I don't know Taj Maori or whatever. I don't know that. No, you didn't watch that. No, golly, Justin. Anyways, nah. so the the show is called Smart Guy, and the little boy's a genius. Like he's a genius, and there is one episode where he was playing chess. Which the whole this whole thing kind of came to full circle with with this idea. He was playing chess, and while he was playing chess, um, he was playing against a computer, and they were trying to figure out if he could beat the computer. And so the computer like was beating him time after time. He's like the best chess player in school or whatever. Computer kept beating him, kept beating him, kept beating him. Well, then, uh, in the episode, his brother comes to him and he's like, "Hey, I want to help you practice." His brother's like a basketball player, like kind of an athlete, does not know how to play chess at all. Yeah. And so he comes and he sits down with the genius little brother and he's like, "All right, like let's play." He's like, "I've been studying on how to play, so like let's play." And so he comes out and the first thing he does is like move the knight or something like not a pawn like he like or the king or something like he he does something that you can do that you, you what i guess you can but you really like shouldn't ever do that <laughs> yeah. and uh and little brother was like what are you doing and he was like i'm playing and he's like yeah but you're playing wrong and he's like i'm not allowed to do that and he's like well no you can but that'll just like make it, it I don't even know what to do with that. Like, I don't even know how to play against that. And you like, you see the little light bulb moment in his head where he's like, and neither will the computer. And so he goes back and plays the computer and he plays the way his brother was playing, like putting wrong pieces out or like just doing outlandish stuff or whatever. And uh, he ends up beating the computer because he didn't play according to, he didn't play the way that his opponent had been programmed for him to play. So that was how this whole, like, my thought process. So welcome to my thought process, everyone out there. But my thought process, that was kind of what kicked in for this because I was kind of like, man, we do this all the time. The enemy has set a, a game up for us to play, and we're sitting here playing by his rules. Mm-hmm. Like, we're trying to win according to his rules, but the victory's already been won. So we're sitting here trying to, in, in most cases, we're trying not to lose. We're not even trying to win. Then we finally realize, oh man, wait, we can win. So because of that, we start trying to win on our own, not realizing that you can't win on your own. It's all about playing with the right king. So then we have to play with the right king. But even when you're playing with the right king, then you find yourself consumed by the game, never actually fulfilling your purpose because all you're ever trying to do is not lose the game or even win the game that you were never designed to win. 
And Sunday, the, the culmination, the wrap up of everything we're talking about Sunday is when it comes to the enemy and it comes to the thoughts that come against our mind and it comes against the games that the enemy tries to play with our head. It's not even that we should be, by, we should, we, it's not even that we should be trying to win the game. We shouldn't even be trying to not lose the game. We shouldn't be playing the game at all. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the sermon, I flipped over the chessboard yeah. and scared half of everybody in the first service. Yeah. And, and the quote that we used, which you were familiar with the quote. <laughs> Very. <laughs> uh, and the quote that we use is, if you don't like how the table is set, turn, turn over the table. Turn it over. In other words, if you don't like what the enemy is giving you, then flip it over. If you don't like the way that, that the lies are coming against your mind, like turn over the lies. If you don't like the way that things are coming against you, then flip them. Like you don't have to play the game. We've just been convinced by the enemy and everyone around us that we need to, we need to win at the game. We need to earn our spot. We need to prove that we belong. We need to try to fit in. We need to try to blend in. We need to try to do all these things. And if we're doing all those things, we feel like we're winning. And the point is, you don't have to do any of them because the point of the game was never for us to win or lose. That's right. The point of the game was to keep us so consumed that we didn't realize that we don't even have to play at all. Yeah. Like, we, there's, we don't have to play this game. It's pretty crafty. Pretty crafty of the enemy, right? First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, But thanks be to God, he gives us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's where we find ourselves, guys, is we find ourselves in the position where we're constantly trying to earn or belong or whatever the case may be. And we don't have to because we don't have to battle the the thoughts in our minds. We, we don't have to fight what the enemy is putting in front right. of us. And um, and I put, I, I put this quote down, but I didn't use it. Um, but I wanted to give it to you guys anyways because I, 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 I think it's one that, we need to, we kind of need to buy into, and it's going to kind of segue us into next week. Um, Tim Keller says the most damaging statements that we have ever been said that have ever been said about us are those things that have been, are the most damaging statements that have ever been said about us are those things we have said about ourselves mm. to ourselves. Mm. Old so, Tim Keller. Old Keller. So we got to stop buying into the lies guys. That's it. We gotta we gotta release ourselves from the lies. We gotta relieve our, release ourselves from the mind game. Listen, you don't have to play the game. None of us have to play the game. So we need to start hitting the enemy with that not today business. And then we need to start flipping the table over, saying I'm not even I'm not even entertaining those thoughts or those lies or any of those things. I know who I am because God is already victorious in my life. He's called me to be victorious. So I'm going to start walking as royalty because that's what I am in God's eyes. We have to start seeing ourselves the way God already sees us. Yep. Which is as a child of him. Okay. So, uh, let's walk in it. That's it. All right, guys. So listen, we appreciate y'all so much. Yeah, man. And, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. 
We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.